We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, it's a party of two tonight, plus all of our friends hanging out in the chat on YouTube. It is Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We're up and rolling. It's Thursday. We've got plenty of things to talk about today. Jesse is back. He is decked out in uh, all of his Irish stuff. You feeling okay here this afternoon? Like Feeling uh, better. Your legs are there? Um, still a little like uh, I sat down at my computer to do a lot of you know research on this game and get stuff ready for the show and you know i was a little like you know light in the head here and there but it's all the uh antibiotics i believe so <laughs> just kind of hanging out this is the first work i've done of any kind this week so not too bad glad you're here and i'm sure everyone's glad you're here as well glad to have you and um did you see that uh chris tyree did you see that news today he has switched his number while in ireland he went from two to four. Did you see that by any chance today? I did not see that, but so here's what happened. News. Here's what happened. Chris Tyree had number two for the offense. DJ Brown, the safety, is number two for the defense. And Chris Tyree is the punt returner. DJ Brown is also on the punt return. Mm. Apparently, it took him getting to Ireland for them to realize that they had two number twos, which is kind of a funny thing because just at practice last week when Chris Tyree was back there taking a return or two, I went, hmm, there's two number twos out there on that team. I wonder what they'll do about that. (laughs) You should have brought uh, it up then and there. I guess I should have. But uh, Chris Tyree has switched to number four. Do you remember what happened in the Pittsburgh game? In 2012, when Notre Dame had uh, two guys out there wearing the same number, it, wasn't it on a field goal and then they missed it, it and was. they came they, back out yep. and made it because of it? Well, no, they weren't penalized. If the mm, flag had right. been thrown, they would have had the opportunity. They would have had a, it would have been a first down actually, and so they might have even scored a touchdown out of it. But instead, they missed the field goal. Notre Dame ended up winning three overtimes later against Pittsburgh, and of course, because of that. They ended up playing in the BCS right, championship right, game right. that season. But good thing they caught it. So Chris Tyree went from 25 last year to number two during the spring and in training camp. And now 
he will be number four when we see him on Saturday. So there it is. And Brian is right. Notre Dame did win that game in the third overtime on a field goal. So, but anyway, they won't have to worry about that, at least with those two. Some uh, some hilarity. We were just talking before we started the show. The Dan Patrick show has been over there doing the radio show all week. Will Farrell, noted USC fan, has been hanging out with them. And the the hilarious uh, video from from the interview with Brady Quinn. I guess it was yesterday. I don't know if it because of the time difference. I don't know exactly when it took place. But Brady Quinn was on there, and uh, Brady was telling a story about how when uh, the Irish were playing at USC one year. Will Ferrell was on the sideline, and apparently Will Ferrell was going, "Hey, number ten, your pants are too high." <laughs> that was his, that was his heckle, and he had Brady Con- uh, Brady Quinn uh, self conscious about his pants for a while after that. So I thought it was funny, uh, and Will Ferrell, you know, Dan Patrick asked, is, "Is that the kind of heckler that you are?" And he said, "Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not the aggressive heckler. You know, I'm. I'm the guy of, hey, right. you run a little awkward, right?" <laughs> your arms flail about as if they have no purpose like i actually appreciate that it's a little bit more imaginative than just you know random fans throwing f-bombs at guys yeah. out there exactly so, i mean i think throwing f-bombs is kind of lazy anyone can go out there and yeah and f this and f that exactly exactly and he's will ferrell so it's you know it's like people were going to recognize him so <laughs> he uh he inserted a little jocularity in there good stuff well glad to have you with us here today we've got uh, our this will be the last regular show for us this week we will be hitting record on countdown to kickoff tomorrow and then tomorrow night at some point the video will be up and the regular podcast will drop saturday morning that's kind of how countdown to kickoff is going to work this year there will not be a live show saturday morning anymore you'll be able to access the video friday night and uh, the audio podcast, including a rapid fire, which will have a rapid fire here today. And I see Derek is is in the house, but uh, Derek was very upset that I wouldn't ask myself questions in a rapid <laughs> fire during the solo show last night. Fortunately, I have Jesse, so I'll lob him the questions tonight. We will have a rapid fire tonight. Jess, do you have your whiteboard fired up and ready to go tonight? Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of. A lot of tabs when you when you start talking about um, playing an offense like Navy and throwing in the fact that there's kind of an added wrinkle this year with the new offensive coordinator yes. and kind of the play distribution that you couldn't expect. So um, did a lot of homework on Kennesaw State offense last year. Ooh, all right. All right, well, we'll see where that goes. And, of course, you had to do your Kennesaw State homework because – Grant Chestnut, who was the new offensive coordinator at Navy, or not, yeah, at Navy, he was at Kennesaw State last year, and he even goes back to, he originally worked, I believe, as the quarterback's coach for Paul Johnson. Paul Johnson, of course, who was the the, uh, predecessor to Ken Niamatalola, who went from Navy to Georgia Tech. Uh, Grant Chestnut followed him to Georgia Tech. So Georgia Tech continued to run that triple option offense, of course, when Paul Johnson was the head coach. And then Chestnut goes from there to Kennesaw State, where he's been for the last several years. And so he has run a triple option offense that has more passing elements 
to it than what Navy has had in recent years. How much more? Well, here's the comparison. The Owls ranked 10th in the FCS. They are an FCS, not FBS level team, but they ran for over 232 yards a game last year. Also passed for nearly 137 yards a game. You compare that to Navy, which averaged 241 yards uh, rushing per game, but just 85.7 passing yards per game. So Grant Chestnut's offense averaged about 50 more passing yards per game. So that there's a little bit more balance in there. So we're going to talk about like how big a factor you think this is. And, and just uh, whenever you're ready, you can break out your old uh, trusty whiteboard and go to town on this, what, what all this means for uh, the triple option offense from, and for Notre Dame's defense. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What I would talk about first in terms of Navy's or, or sorry, the the added kind of passing attack that you might see out of Navy this year is in watching Kennesaw State last year. I mean, they're still a predominant option team first. 
And I think they really, and I don't want to say they only get into passing when it's like absolutely necessary, you know, like second and 10, kind of third and 10, but that's going to be more of where you see Kennesaw State kind of lining up to run pass plays. Um, and, and I think that happens when, you know, the whole point and an option is you're kind of hoping to average three yards a play, right? And and really get to maybe a fourth and one or hope to get four yards on one of those plays and go, you know, three, three, four, whatever the combination might be. But if you disrupt them early, that puts them in second and long, third and long. And that is going to be when you see Navy get more uh, off schedule. They're not going to be, you know, uh, a lot of times you see the Navy offense, even in second and 10, third and 10, knowing that the option is, again, a, a three to four yard average kind of play. They will abandon it and get try to get yards back quickly with the passing game. Right. And instead of kind of being stubborn of what we've seen in the past of even if you, they get blown up, they're still, you know, running that that option. Uh, lining up and running it, you know, 95% of the time. Let me ask you, as a, as a guy, again, who played middle linebacker your whole life, you played against a, a triple option offense, Mishawaka High School, when you were at, at, at Adams here in South Bend, played against it all four years. They didn't necessarily, like their idea of pass was, you know, like element of surprise, right. basically, but it was, there was no real read. It was chuck it downfield. So what do you see in terms of the read and what extra pressure does that put on you as the defender making your reads? Does it kind of put you on the heels a little bit, just kind of knowing that that they could, you know, that there is at least a threat of a pass there that typically is not there with a triple option? You know, I'm going to be kind of blunt about this. Um, if I'm Notre Dame on defense, I'm not overly worried about Navy's passing game. Okay. Um I think you are reading, you know, triple option first. And if you, in your read, you notice, you know, that it's going to be pass, then it's just your normal diagnosis of, you know, run pass and then diagnosing pass play if as a linebacker and a member of the secondary. Right. And so it's, I would, again, Notre Dame has gone against much more legit passing attacks than what they're going to face. Sure against Navy. And so as a player, I would be geared up more to to the triple option responsibilities every play and knowing what that can do to me rather than, you know, a very average passing game that will come after it. Notre Dame's athleticism and speed is enough to make up for the element well, of surprise yeah. in the passing attack. And so that's why I don't think it's, again, overly a concern yeah, you got to know, you know, what routes and, and, and stuff is going to come out of the passing place so you can get into the proper, you know, coverage. But again, as a linebacker, I would be more geared up towards making sure I'm, I'm I know where I'm going every play in terms of the option. And then if I see pass, then I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, self-diagnose from there almost. Well, you, you kind of add into that that you have two quarterbacks of different skills gleaton coming out of the spring the guy who was the most proficient passer we're told by bill wagner the navy insider he was the best passer of all the quarterbacks on the roster but uh, he is academically you know was academically ineligible coming out of the uh 
the spring because he had to go to summer school, couldn't go to practices, all this different stuff. So he had a lot of ground to make up in the on the academic side. But you've got Ty Lavatai, last year's predominant starter before he got injured, and sophomore Blake Horvath, who hasn't played a snap yet. Lavatai only completed 46% of his passes. Horvath, the better passer between the two. We're going to see both of them this weekend, it sounds like, you know, if, if Navy sticks to what they've said they're going to do anyway. Does it really, again, does it really affect Notre Dame that much? The fact no, that and I think that different guys? I think the only thing that it affects is there's going to be a tendency of what one guy has better skills at. And once that's kind of diagnosed, um, there's just certain things you might, you know, look out for. Like if one guy's a better passer and all of a sudden he's kind of coming in and it's maybe a second and eight, second and nine you know, a little bit longer than, than you are anticipating maybe, you know, uh, at a higher probability that a pass play is coming, right? I just think when, you, when you're when you rotating different quarterbacks out, it's still the base offense. It's just one guy, one guy compared to the other can do things a little bit better. And I think that's the only thing you have to worry about defensively is maybe one quarterback is faster on the perimeter. So, you you know, as a perimeter defender, you know, okay, I, I should be conscious of this or – Again, maybe a guy is a little bit better of a passer and it's a passing down situation. Well, then as a secondary guy, you're like, okay, well, I should probably, you know, now that this quarterback is in, be locked in maybe on my keys a little bit better here. I just think that when you introduce a different quarterback, there's a reason why they're on the field. And so you kind of have to kind of, you know, decode what they're trying to accomplish in that situation because you don't just switch out quarterbacks for no reason. One of the keys for cornerbacks anyway against this offense is you can obviously get lulled to sleep out there because it's typically the wide receivers are just out there stock blocking unless they actually do run a route. But as a corner, you can't get caught peeking in the backfield. When they do, that's when you get the ball thrown over your head. So they just essentially have to continue to carry out their assignment, defending if if it's if it's one-on-one with Navy receivers, Notre Dame's corners – should win that matchup every time. They just have to make sure that they're locked into that, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I think the, the biggest concern uh, when you play Navy is always going to be the triple option and how you have to defend the triple option. So I think that could kind of segue. Um, Hang on. Tommy Gunn said he thinks he missed an inside joke and he's stuck on the outside. I'm not sure what that's in reference to because then he then he asked if I shadow banned him. So I don't know if I missed an earlier comment where where something was said or what. But I'm not exactly sure what any of that is in reference to. So I think um, sometimes we get caught. They we get caught in trying to figure out what what kind of outside conversations did I just get, get caught peeking in the backfield there <laughs> yeah, when, it, when I was looking at the chat I think, and Tommy Guns? I think that's what was going on a little bit okay all right well you've been teasing everybody you've been holding out whiteboard has been promised do you have triple option whiteboard ready to go yeah I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> what screen it's on to be honest with you um, but I think that this is, there we go. Okay. Here we go. Let me, let me punch this up and we're ready. So, I mean, you could see, I have a lot of tabs up here. So there's kind of a lot of a different looks to get into, but this is, uh, first and foremost, this is kind of the base of what you'll see 
Kennesaw State run out of. There'll be different variations. Standard wing tee with a receiver on each side. Yeah, basically. so you got basically center of the field, uh, wide receiver split out on each side, um, two uh, you know guard guard and tackle on each side, uh, fullback behind the quarterback who's under center, and then like you said, the the wing tee. So you have two wings, um, no one on each side of the tackle. This is Kennesaw State's base formation. Um, they do, uh, you know, various different things out of this. Um, for example, you know, I've seen them where they bring these both wide receivers in. And so they'll put all 11 players in the box. Um, at some I've point seen, I've seen Mishawaka do that quite a bit over the years. Right. Um, you'll see sometimes they'll bring one of these guys in and leave a wide receiver kind of flanked out to the side. So you got mm-hmm. 10 guys in the box. There's again, it, there's a lot of variation, but the base of this, the root of this, is they're going to be in some sort of, you know, wing T quarterback under center, fullback um, behind the quarterback with his hand in the dirt. Yep. So when you're looking at this, I think it's important to kind of get into the simple, you know, the slim, the simplicities of what is going to happen in the triple option. And I've aligned this defense. This is how Notre Dame played this wing T um last year they put basically eight guys in the box four down linemen um you got two your your two you know your 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 viper um and your defensive end those guys are going to stay on the outside shoulder of the the wing t backs or the up backs um then you're going to have a linebacker on the outside of of both of those defensive ends or viper um and and then you're going to have two linebackers kind of in the middle and they were having it last year um where the 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 nose tackle um, and the three technique for Notre Dame were, were kind of head up of the guard and the inside linebackers were just kind of playing on the outside um, of the interior defensive linemen. And then they had, you know, obviously you can't leave wide receivers on the perimeter uncovered. So you have a corner kind of matching each wide receiver split out and then they just drop their safety kind of right over the center, you know, three, four yards um, behind the linebackers. So this is, I imagine this is what they're going to do again this year right like i think al golden's not going to come out with a completely different game plan for the triple option i think that he's going to look back on last year's film and tweak some things but i i I still expect this to be kind of their base defense when when navy comes out in this wing t look okay so you don't you don't think they'd they'd go with with like five defensive linemen you think they're they're pretty set with the four what they showed last year yeah and again it's hard to go five because now you're you're kind of taking away from your edge linebackers, right? And and if the quarterback and the pitchman get to the alley on the outside, that really puts your linebacker kind of in a in a tough position with you know only three linebackers, right? So I, I expect them to kind of stay in this a four four kind of bear almost look, right? Like that's that's ultimately what it reminds me of. Okay, so let me ask you. I'm going to ask you a couple questions about some keys and responsibilities here. Let's look at the two defensive tackle positions, the two interior guys. Because what do we know about the triple option offense? It is it is geared around the quarterback and the fullback. Basically, the the, the ball is obviously always in the quarterback's hands. He puts the ball in the in the belly of the fullback. What what do those two interior defensive linemen want to do in terms of you know, how they're going to try to take away 
the fullback, whether it's the dive or the outside veer. What are those guys? What are those guys doing inside? And on the other side of it, what is the quarterback reading when he makes his first decision? Yeah, so that's a good question because the quarter there's there's two there's two schemes um, for a triple option offense. You're either reading like you were talking about these interior defensive linemen, um, or if you're more of a, a kind of a veer triple option, you're going to read the defensive ends like you were talking about. I suspect and we'll get into this kind of here in a little bit, I suspect that based off of what I've seen from Kennesaw State, that the interior defensive linemen are going to be the, the read players. The main keys. Okay. For, for this triple option attack. Um, now, that doesn't mean that, it, that these defensive ends won't be, but I, I would say majority of the plays, the interior defensive linemen are going to be um sort of your your read your read players um in this offense so when those guys are your read players uh for me and and i think what you'll see out of notre dame is both of these guys are essentially just going to pinch the a gaps immediately right so if any dive is coming you know this way or this way that's where you know defensive tackle you in theory is supposed to be there to uh to cause some uh, cause some some turbulence at the line of scrimmage, right? To to essentially you know clog the play up, right? Like obviously right. he's got to let that they've got guards over him as well, but they're going to be taught to you know basically engage half the body of this guard um, and keep this you know inside arm free for the fullback. You know yeah. that's they're going to have inside arm is free for the fullback. And again, the, the outside arm is going to be used to, to engage these guards because, I mean, there's no way around it. These guards are going to engage them immediately. They just have to be able to keep, you know, an arm free to latch onto that fullback uh, once he's in the hole immediately, essentially. Um, and so when you're reading interior defensive linemen or, you know, out of the, de- the defensive end, the reads are still um ultimately the same so let me get rid of a little bit of line work here to to clear it up i've become really proficient today in using this software not that i wasn't before but today was the day i got extra good at this um so again the, the premise of the triple option is you're reading some sort of dive man because the fullback is that's that's an option every single time right it's the ball is in the belly of the fullback um and whether they give it or not is going to be predicated off of uh, the defensive end and defensive tackle. If the defensive tackle steps down, um, that is an immediate, you know, the, the quarterback is pulling it. But when this defensive tackle or defensive end, depending on who the read man is, gets wide, I would again, the terminology is wide. That means that, that the give is, is going to go, you know, right now. And, and if that's, if they're reading that guy and the defensive tackle gets wide, they're going to let the fullback take it um, and, and just run with it. But maybe they're running the outside veer and maybe the defensive end gets wide. Well, then that means that there's a, some sort of crease here. So they're going to allow the fullback to, to take the ball. But if, if they step down or crash down, it's going to be a fake to the fullback. And now option one is gone and it's between, you know, quarterback and pitch man at that point. What do you think about this comment? Michael Park says four four three blitz blitz blitz. I I I've I've heard people you know say the answer 
when you're playing this offense is blitz. What's what's the benefit? Um, what's, what's the biggest downside of blitzing? So the, the the biggest benefit of blitzing is you get on them now, right? You force their hand um, and you make them make decisions quickly. And that can, you know, lead to blown up plays, fumbles, you know, whatever it might be. But the downside to that is in an offense like this where it's so systematic and there's, again, three kind of options. If you if you make a blunder or, or one misstep, that's what this offense kind of thrives off of, right? Then you're talking about a 50-yard run probably. Right. And so say you – maybe the, the, the linebacker blitzes the wrong gap. Um, the defensive tackle can't get off his block and they give it to the, the fullback right up the A gap. You know, again, maybe this linebacker is kind of blitzing over here. This this defensive tackle can't get off his block. Well, I mean, who's who's left there to you know to tackle the fullback when he's got already three or four yards downfield, right? It's going to be the backside linebacker trying to work over top, and of course, maybe the safety coming downhill. But again, it's you're running risk of blitzing players and getting out of kind of uh, out of alignment defensively and creating a lane for the offense in the triple option. Yeah, I agree with what Stymie said. Let's see if they can tackle first. Let's see how sound tacklers they are before <laughs> we start thinking about blitzing in this game. <laughs> it's a very good point. All right, now let's say uh, let's say the quarterback decides, okay, the dive's not there. So now he's going to roll either left or right. And, of course, he's got his two uh, wing backs, you know, split backs, whatever you want to call them. Some offenses just call it their, their halfback. They're the, the more athletic guys who are on the wings up, you know, off the line of scrimmage. Let's, let's say he's going to roll to the left now. So we've got a roll to the left by the quarterback. Who's reading what for Notre Dame's defense? What are the assignments that have to be carried out by Notre Dame's defense? Yeah. So this is kind of a tricky question on your part. Because, you know, I'm just going to flat out kind of say this now. Kennesaw State last year, they they wanted to fold their quarterback into kind of the, the line of scrimmage more than anything else. Not to say that, that they wouldn't attack you on the perimeter, but their quarterback wanted to take the ball and kind of run between the tackles. So they did like some inside you. curl type stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so, so say, so say, uh, or quarterback is, follow, like where he's following the fullback up the gut. Well, not so it's even kind of, uh, a little even crazier than that, right? So, uh, what you'll see is sometimes one of these T backs will go in kind of like a, a pre snap motion and almost kind of on the snap of the ball, it almost looks like, you know, a, a wing T kind of eye formation. Um, and so on the snap of the ball, Sorry, let me let me backtrack a little bit. That's a different um, different play. But again, the wing T will on the on the snap of the ball, quarterback will fake the dive uh, to the fullback. This wing T back from the uh, the opposite side. So if the play's going left, the wing the right T back from right. the from the yeah. right will kind of sneak in behind the fullback and also be a lead blocker. So essentially in this, in this play that they like to run a lot, the fullback will take the fake dive into the a gap. He'll clog the a gap. This wing T will kind of follow and replace. He'll lead into the B gap. 
quarterback will fake this to the fullback, allow the wing T to kind of clear, and then he's following a convoy of his wing T back and his fullback kind of lead blocking into the, you know, AB gap. But again, this is why I was bringing this up because Kennesaw State's quarterback last year loved this play. He loved to fake and fold into the the line of scrimmage behind the tackles and allow his fullback and his wing T back to be lead blockers um, through the hole. And so you asked earlier, you know, what, what is the importance of noticing different quarterbacks on the field? I think this is one of those situations where I think there's going to be a quarterback that's more kind of prone to these between the tackle type runs. Between the two quarterbacks, you're saying one is probably more likely to do this than the other. Correct. And I think that's going to be one of the bigger things to look for, because again, this was, this was like (laughs) Kennesaw state. This was like their favorite, you know, they there's window dressing of again, different formations and putting different guys in for, you know, motion and, and whatever. But this is at the end of the day, what they were getting into majority of the time is fake dive to the fullback. Um, and then some sort of, you know, where the quarterback is folding in and following these blockers and kind of knifing his way uh, through the defense a little bit. Interesting. All right. And I think that's what's going to, so, and that's why I was talking about, that's the reason why majority of, of the, of the run plays are going to be reading these interior defensive linemen because the quarterback also it wants to run between the tackles, right? Right. And so if both plays, the, if the quarterback and the fullback are reading, you know, are, are, are going to be running between the tackles, then there's no reason to be reading these outside defensive ends, essentially. Well, and it, so if the, if the defensive tackles are pinching in and taking away the A-gaps, then obviously you've got a linebacker and a defensive end out there what's what's the most important thing that they have to quickly recognize so that that doesn't turn into you know a minimum five yard play downfield yeah so and all of these schemes and anytime you see you know offenses that use these wing t backs you know h backs up backs whatever you want to call it those these this is the most important kind of read for you know linebackers i would say that, you know, that so they I, have to recognize what that what that wing is doing that you're talking about who could potentially turn into a lead blocker. They have to recognize that as soon as possible. Right. So if the if that wing T is kind of coming more underneath, then you probably recognize that he's trying to find, you know, a lead blocking type alley play. But if he comes, you know, gets more depth and, and gets deeper behind the quarterback, that's when you're going to see more of the true triple option of this is a fake. And then the quarterback and the wing T are getting in good phase, trying to get, you know, to the outside. But the alley. Yeah. As a linebacker, you got to be able this this up backer H back is going to take you to the play majority of the time. Because after the fullback dive, again, if he's leading through the hole, well, <laughs> quarterback's got to be following in some capacity, right? And so that means that that play is going to be inside. But if he's not going through the hole, he's probably trying to get good again phase on the outside, good, good, you good know, depth. Phase. Yeah. Good depth, good phase and in, in terms of relationship with the quarterback. And then, you know, it's a play kind of more outside on the perimeter here. So as a linebacker, the outside, the inside linebackers are, are mainly keying in on this fullback outside linebackers. You know, they have to determine what these wing T backs are doing because everything's going to get clogged up here in the middle. And they're going to have to kind of step down into these lanes as kind of cleanup players. Interesting. So, 
uh, you know, a lot of times we see one of the safeties or, or, you know, even multiple safeties out there as those outside linebackers when Notre Dame lines up against the triple option. Is that what you're thinking? Like, like we see, yeah, it's got to be a guy that's, that's got to be, he's got, they got to be physical, got a little bit more quicks and physicality to him. It's definitely got to be physicality. Um, and I get, yeah, like Jalen Snead is someone who, who, who like raises a brow in these kind of games because of his just, he's got good size and good speed at the linebacker position. And that's what um, I was going to ask you, like where, where you would potentially position Snead in all this. I would see Osbury being another person like that. Okay. Um, I think you'll see some action from him this weekend just for that reason. I think he's got enough athleticism um, and size that he can hold his own depending on if he needs to, you know, come down into the box uh, and, and bring the physicality of, again, tackling, you know, a quarterback or a, um, a fullback kind of coming, you know, full speed at you. Um, and, and then maybe you diagnose the plays on the perimeter, then that's where you got to have the speed to kind of, you know, stay in, stay in line uh, with the quarterback and the pitchman. All right. So that's interesting. Basically what you're saying is when uh, one of those wings goes in motion, he's most likely going to take you where the ball is going, depending yeah, on that's, if he, that's if exactly, I would say, or goes deep. If you're going to, if you're going to key into something, you know, to, to really try to determine what Navy's going to accomplish in terms of the run game. If that wing, if that wing T back, you know, depending on if the play is going left or right. So depending on, you know, if, the, if it's the left or right uh, T back, um, if they if they get if they stay you know nice and shallow um, and underneath I would say then you can expect kind of an inside sort of triple option run play again if they get depth and get behind you know the, the running back and the quarterback um, you know four or five yards I would expect some sort of fullback dive and a true kind of triple option heading towards the perimeter okay all right Anything else you want to address for Notre Dame's defense or you want to flip it over and uh, talk a little bit about uh, the other side of the ball? Um, so, yeah, there were a couple um, couple plays. Like there, was, there were looks, passing looks that I wanted to get into um, that Notre Dame can kind of expect that they probably haven't seen too much before okay kind of out of navy and i'll I'll try to be a little bit quicker um with these ones but let me see here so this would be this is kind of like a a a one a one you know a a one wing teeth look i don't know how else to describe this oh just Um, a one wing look yeah yeah so you got a quarterback under center fullback behind them um you got uh kind of trips left um, and part of that trips, the three wide receiver is the wing T back. Um, and then you got a two wide receiver, a one wide receiver. And then on the opposite side of the field, um, you had just the single wide receiver, but they ran this concept last year, multiple times. It's just basically streaks down the field. Um, but it's out of this again, it looks, you, you kind of come out and it looks like they might be running some sort of option play, um, but they can quite, quite easily, uh, uh, release into these kind of, you know, passing routes, I guess you would say. And I'd say the most interesting part about this is the wing T back likes to fold in between the guard and left tackle to make it kind of look like he's lead blocking, but then he'll just try to release downfield and get into um, some sort of passing route. So just something to kind of look, look at, I guess I would say. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is... Uh, so then this is, you know, sometimes... <laughs> And I don't think we're used to maybe seeing Navy do this, but there were times last year where Kennesaw State literally just came out and kind of set up in your normal, you know, shotgun spread, spread it out. type of pass plays, right? So you got quarterback and shotgun, uh, wide receivers split out to the right, and then you got a two-by-two two formation. So you got two wide receivers on each side, and they just, you know, kind whatever their route concepts are, they'll line up and, and try to run, you know, some plays out of these. So – um, and I've also seen them where they've lined up in shotgun and, you know, run trips into the into the boundary. That was another thing that I saw. So I guess what I'm saying is you can expect them to, in some capacity, uh, come out in some, I guess, traditional kind of passing looks. Right. Um, and so don't be caught off guard when you see some of that. And then I would say I got one last one. I thought this was kind of nifty. Um, again, this is. This is where this and this this formation really intrigues me because you're putting all 11 players um, into the box. So it's like, I, I don't know, there's just no separation and no spacing at all. I don't I don't personally it's aesthetically not pleasing, um, <laughs> but they'll run out of it. Right. So you'll have your typical wing T formation. And so instead of, you know, having both wide receivers split out wide, you bring them into the into the into the box. And I think this is a formation where you you just you have to trust your eyes more than anything because when you see this formation, it screams inside run, right? Like you're not thinking pass at all in this situation. Um, but this is a, a, a nice concept that they kind of ran out of this formation where these two, uh, you know, a guy on each side is kind of running wheel routes out to the sidelines. And then the two inside guys are kind of running, you know, different I would say, you know, flood routes at different depths, like a five-yard flood and a 10-yard flood um, over the middle. So it's a nice concept. And again, when you're running the triple option the whole game and you bring everything in tight like this, you're expecting run, but you just kind of have to trust your keys and your reads and be able to get into pass if that's what you diagnose. All right. 
Um, and then I think that kind of covers it all. But I will say, um, getting into my to my notes here a little bit. Again, their quarterback loves to keep the ball and 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 run between the tackles. I think that's what you're going to see majority of um, against Navy this weekend is the quarterback loves to keep the ball and run between the tackles. Um, they will bring in the wide receivers at times. Again, that super kind of tight formula or not formula formation um, that I was just showing. And then it, what they'll do when they're in that wing T look is they'll space out those wide receivers on each side and they'll put them all the way out to the numbers. And the reason why you want to do that is it, again, it, it creates like an alley, right? So the farther you space out those wide receivers, you're pushing those defensive backs out and you're creating a bigger gap between the end man and the line of scrimmage sure. and your defensive back. So you'll really see those wide receivers spaced out to create, you know, valleys or lanes for them, I guess you would say. But yep. again, in this offense, it all comes down to the fullback dive. The fullback dive has to be taken care of first and foremost. Um, and if you get lazy, that's the play that's going to gouge you for 40 or 50 yards when you fall asleep. So you have to stay true to the fullback dive. That's the most important part of the triple option. You got to stop that fullback dive first. All right. Do you want to save the defense for tomorrow for the countdown show? I think so. And I, cause I, I also wasn't quite able to get as much out of that <laughs> as okay. I want. I needed to spend a little bit more time on that one. Okay. All right. Let's do that. I had a feeling as much as you had there, uh, you know, for Notre Dame's defense and, and Navy's triple option offense. I had a feeling that that's kind of the I hope – I just realized it's already 640, so I hope I didn't lull people asleep um, <laughs> with that. But if you watch this show and, hey. you watch what, and you watch the game on Saturday, I promise you that you'll, you'll see at one point and you'll say, huh, I know a guy who went through this not two days ago, and I'm, I'm not surprised by the quarterback taking the, the ball between the tackles this often. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because we we really we haven't seen as much of that, you know, from uh, from Navy's offense in recent years. Really, you know, even you know, a few years ago, do you did you did you watch when they did that? Remember they did the season with Notre Dame football. Then I think it was the next year they did it with Navy football, and they had the bigger, you know, kind of a you know, like more Tim Tebow looking uh, quarterback back there. He ran. Yeah quite a bit you know like a, a <laughs> it's little funny bit you physical. bring that up i was uh watching a lot of the so a classic debate i think in college football is teams like navy blatantly run the triple option but there's so many teams who run the triple option but it just doesn't look like the standard triple option and yeah when tim tebow was at florida that was a prime case of it tim tebow they ran a ton of triple option plays, it was just triple option out of shotgun, spread option stuff. Yeah, And so like, that's why, and so I think people often get kind of, you know, not confused, but when, again, when you think of triple option, I think people think of the traditional wing T mm -hmm. fullback in the hand in the dirt, fullback dive immediately. But there's so many variations to the triple option these days that you can still run it out of the spread and everything. So just a, just a quick thought while we are on, you know, triple option week. Good stuff. Good stuff. I mean, fortunate for us, we only have to see it once, just like Notre Dame. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually kind of glad that they're doing it first game of the year. I think it gets it out of the way. 
um, and, and not having to play Navy late in the season when guys are already kind of battling, you know, some sort of bumps and bruises. It's nice to get this game, you know, out of the way, I, I would say. And, and guys are fresh. Um, they're not already having pre-existing injuries. So I really like that this game is, is first overall. Great stuff. And Great last stuff. time they played in Ireland, first game of the year, their name thumped them 50 to 10. 50 to 10. That is exactly right. That is your first whiteboard of the season. I hope you're happy. People have been clamoring for the whiteboard. The whiteboard is back, and it will be here every Thursday throughout the season. Good stuff, Jess. Thank mm-hmm. you.